Welcome to Pivot Point of View. This is Becky Pearson, and the goal of this podcast is to bring you health and wellness tips for you and the horse you rode in on. Hey, welcome back. Today we are doing our running series segment number three, and this one talks about technique. So uh, join me today visiting with Andrew Mason, our physical therapist here at Pearson Physical Therapy. And um, we talk a little bit about when you're running, your best techniques to avoid fatigue and to be able to run further, faster, with less pain. Enjoy. So let's talk a little bit about technique. So uh, as I was running this morning, um, I could feel certain muscles maybe getting a little bit more fatigued, like my quads, if I was trying to stride out a little bit further. And so I've watched you work with a lot of the athletes on the treadmill and um, we have a great software program that you use that, that Andrew um, puts people on the treadmill and can give them live real time um, feedback and TV screen ahead of them to have them watch their technique. And so it's been really interesting for me because I'm not a runner. Um, so I kept trying to think of the things that you, yeah. And so, um, trying to think of those things and it was really interesting because then I was less fatigued in some of those muscles that I think I revert back to. So, um, what, what would be some things that you would tell a beginner runner as far as what they should think about when they're, you know, cause there, there were fads of like toe running mm-hmm. and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So people might be a little bit confused. Yeah, and it is, it is, it can be very overwhelming and not know where to, where to go. And so having done athletics, and I think, you know, I mentioned initially, I, I really don't consider myself to be a true runner. I've run a lot. And it's, it's almost more like what you're talking where, because I like the technique stuff and this idea of how should we do it, how should we tweak it, is I've gone through all this myself of, knowing that I've had shin splints and all this stuff and how do I how do we optimize this so so it feels good it's fun but it's also uh, effective and so yeah I, you know I went through the same stuff and I think I have the benefit of of one doing athletics when I was all, for a number of years working with a number of athletes going through physical therapy school where we dive into biomechanics and stuff like that but still even in physical therapy school you don't get a lot of um in-depth gait training stuff. You can go and we can learn more from all these different people that, that are in it more, so you can go get some extra you know, um, uh, classes that you can take or lectures that you can go to. Um, but there is, there's just a dizzying amount of information if you go online. So what I've tried to do, because I've played around with this over the years with different athletes, is sometimes you're just overloading them with too much. And you know, like you said, the four-foot running, versus heel strikes, that kind of stuff. Um, that's definitely one that is always a big dilemma. Um, in general, we try to just kind of narrow it down to a few bullet points, and that's what I've tried to do when we work with athletes here. The first thing I think that's great is just think about your posture, and think about that you want to be tall. The old uh, you know finger uh, string or rope through the top of the head, and you pull it up, and it makes you nice and tall. That's a good place to start because it pulls your hips underneath your shoulders. It gets you out of this mode of looking down at the ground right in front of your feet. So you want to look out, you know, a good ways out in front of you. So when you're running, um, the other thing is to think about not trying to overstride too much. So the that 
and this is where the video comes in real handy is that we can we can show people when they're maybe striding too much because I have to be careful about how much I tell people to move their legs a certain way because all of a sudden it turns into a, a Bigfoot run, you know, mm -hmm. and that overstride um, ends up being counterproductive because it slows you down and you end up landing heavier each stride. So actually what you want is to have a faster cadence or, or a steps per minute um, uh, speed there. So what that does is it helps to get those legs in sort of a sort of a cyclic kind of emotion, kind of like the way when we ride an elliptical machine and we're kind of always in this circular motion where I tell people a lot like you're on a, on a bicycle where your feet are going around and around. And so the, the easiest way to think of that is just increase your steps um, per minute kind of thing. And that uh, will bring you up and some people say, well, how do I know how fast I'm going? And I've had, we've had some people that, that you can actually download um, uh, metronome music um, mm -hmm. to where you can hear the actual beat that you want to run to or you can find uh, music that's at a faster beat and try to keep pace with it um, so um, those are different ways you can play around everybody's kind of different in how much they want to be concentrating and listening to things while you're running versus um, initially though if you are working on your technique you got to pay attention to it a little bit the other thing that I think you want to do is that fits in nicely with this walk jog um, is that you probably aren't going to be able to do it for a very long time, um, at least initially. So you kind of have to do it in bite-sized chunks. So maybe you know a minute or two at a time, and then you go back to walking, and then you do it again, and then over time, gradually be able to do it more and more. So, so yeah, as far as the foot strike thing, I, I've tried to really get people off of worrying about that. I get them to think about their posture more, um, sort of that repetition of the legs going around and around and around. And then you kind of let this kind of let the cards fall where they may a little bit and see. And if we need to tweak things from there, then we kind of do. A lot of times it falls into place to where they automatically start landing on their feet in the optimal place anyway. And so that's definitely a few times where we have to continue to tweak things a little bit. But those are, as far as general recommendations, that's a good place to start. And so what I was trying to think of this morning was um, to get my feet up quicker because mm -hmm. um, yeah. that, and I think that just helped me like uh, with more hip flexion and a little bit yeah. more upright right. posture. It's almost like you're picking your foot up as soon as it hits the ground is what yeah. people tell you, the, the, what it feels like a little bit instead of letting that leg kind of hang back and yeah. drag forward kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, what that does is that way you're, you're just, you're kind of just kind of, um, barely touching the ground and then you come right back up again so you're not spending as much time loading and impacting into the ground. Yeah, because yeah, I think when I first started around that was more like just trying to stride longer strides and actually I would really just poop out quickly. <laughs> it was it was harder. Yeah. I, I felt like it was a lot easier to think about getting my feet up quicker. Yeah. And there's yeah, there's been all sorts of different the, the pose technique is one that people can look at. Mm -hmm. Some people will say um, lean, lean forward at your ankles, um, and, but you know all these little—they're all basically trying to just come up with a way to make you digest that information a little better. Um, and and the the video thing really really helps because you can read about this and you can go around and play with it all you want, but you really don't know what you look like. So when you come in and we do the video and you can see yourself real time, and I always do a a, a split screen where we where we have sort of the ideal or the model runners next to you. And I've worked with so many runners over the years that I have a few that I can pick from that um, some of them are higher level runners and some of them are kind of the, 
the um, the amateur runner or the the recreational runner, and but but you can still have that really good technique even at whatever level you're at. And so if you can see yourself up side by side with that person, you're like, oh okay, I can see how far off I am. And then mm -hmm. after you make some tweaks, then all of a sudden it might feel kind of weird, but then you're like, oh, it actually looks pretty good. So I just kind of got to keep working on making that feel right. And it, and it usually does. I just from my own experience, um, it's been fun for me that part because. The cool thing is that not only does it help you um, minimize impact and stress of the running on your bodies, it makes you go faster too. And, and it takes a little bit to get used to that, to find that you're not just sprinting mm -hmm. versus going at a pace where you can go uh, slower and longer, um, but you just kind of have to keep playing with that. And that's kind of one of the fun parts right. of it. Yeah. Um, this software and in, in your knowledge, it's amazing to see the transformation in people. Um, the other thing that we do when we do a stride clinic is look at people's foot types and mm -hmm. offer them shoe recommendations. And, and we talked a little bit about this earlier of not necessarily going into different, different shoe types for different foot types because um, that gets to be pretty in-depth. But, but that is something that we offer in those stride clinics. Yeah, yeah it was, um, you know, we've been doing this for a number of years. Um, and some people don't want to have anything to do with running and they just want to come in because they want us to look at um, you know I hear you guys look at shoes and feet we just help me figure out what shoes I should wear and that's fine <laughs> so so yeah we always look at that and I'm always curious too it's just an ongoing there's there's you know we think of you know do I have a flat foot a neutral foot or a higher foot and there's so many different subtle variations of all of those and so you can have a you can have a higher foot um, that can be super rigid like a brick, or you can have a higher foot that gives and moves and has all this play in the ankle. So there's, I mean, there's tons of those things um, that we look at. But yeah, essentially um, trying to get people in the right category. Um, so um, there are a lot of shoes that a lot of people can play around with for the most part, uh, but there's a few shoes that people should not be in. Yeah. And so um, with some, like, you know, we mentioned usually it's the extremes, like you have a very flat foot or a very high foot, those feet don't tolerate as much um, one way or the other. And so you want to make sure you're not in the wrong category of shoe for that. For a lot of people though, you can probably play around a little bit, unless you have a history of foot pain or shin pain, knee pain, those kind of things. Then we start looking at, do we need more support? Do you need to be in a certain type of shoe? Do you need to get into the next step, which is like orthotics? Um, and so that's something that we help people with a lot also, is just figuring out um, where do they fit into that? And it's never anything where we're trying to just say, yes, you need to have that, and you can't go a step further without this in your shoe, but it's, it's kind of an evolving thing, and a lot of it is where you come from and what your foot type is and, and uh, what your goals are too. I mean, some people, are factory workers or they're, or they're mechanics and they're on concrete services on top of wanting to do a running program and so all of that could be potentially a, a big um, a big mess with how their feet tolerate <laughs> tolerate things so absolutely anything else that you think of that you uh, would like like people to know I think I think the biggest overview things that hopefully you picked up from this is that um, one, it, hopefully if you're getting into running, it's, it's, it's a goal to change your lifestyle. And to do that, though, it has to be um, something that you can stay consistently at. You know, we get a lot of questions about, you know, can you help me figure out what exercises I can lose weight or, um, you know, specifically with the running too. But um, a lot of it is 
if you make um, reasonable changes gradually over time and stick with it, that's the hard thing, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, it's easy to just kind of go aggressive at it, and then all of a sudden you're gonna you're gonna sort of like fall flat a little bit, and you'll get tired of that much because your body just can't handle it. But um, those are some of those other programs out there, like the P90X mm -hmm. and the Insanity, and some of those things, which definitely work. They work great. But how many people do you know that just can consistently do that? Yeah. You know, and there's probably a few out there, but um, or have the time to do that. But. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just to to try to get um, a consistency in this idea that this is just going to be a lifestyle and um, and that there's probably going to be some ups and downs to it. I know thinking back, you mentioned your hip. I've had so many times where I've, I mean, I had a, one year where I had to just stop for about six to eight months and not run because my legs got really, you know, really flared up and had all sorts of painful knots and I just had to stop and then I had to go back and realize okay I've been really bad to my legs over the years with all the sports I've done and I had to build them back up and really get all those knots and trigger points worked out of them and then I can start building back up with running again so I mean that's just kind of par for the course if you talk to a lot of runners so don't get discouraged if if you know you decide you're going to do this couch to 5k maybe and all of a sudden two three weeks into it the wheels are falling off and you just got to keep keep at it, you know, and uh, maybe you have to say, okay, like, I'm not going to be able to do that, but maybe in six months to a year, I can get to that race I want to do or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, so and yeah. a lot of times too, when people come in for physical therapy, they think that we may have them stop running. Mm -hmm. And, and do you always have people stop running? I think it depends on the situation. I won't say that I, that I, um, never have people stop because I have a few times because um, so we mentioned that the running over overuse injuries overuse injuries typically aren't too severe but there are severe cases which is going to be like a stress fracture so the, the worst case scenario of an overuse runner uh, injury is probably a stress fracture or if you're an athlete in school that kind of thing and you just gotta stop <laughs> you can't if you've got one a stress fracture in your foot especially or your shin. Sometimes we've had people that have them in their hip. Um, I had a patient years ago that um, had a pain in his hip and he kept running, kept running, was told it was a stress fracture. And he said, wow, it's a big heavy duty muscle to be fine. He went and ran up some stairs, all of a sudden his hip fractured. And mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so that can be a very, very bad scenario there where you just have to stop. In general though, I mean, if we can play around with, um, the amount and the frequency of running. Um, nine times out of 10, somebody comes in and they say, I started a running program and I'm starting to have this pain or that pain. And you say, how many times do you run? They'll say six days a week. Or they'll say every day. I run, I run three miles every single day. And we just can't have that. <laughs> so you're gonna end up having trouble if you run every single day. Even your high level athletes have some sort of variety mixed in. So if we can pull back and say, well, I'm going to take away like three days and we're going to do like two or three days a week and we're only going to do it for two miles instead of five miles that you're doing. So if we can play around with that enough that we can tip the balance back towards a recovery um, scenario, then, then you're going to be able to, to kind of pull through it. So because everybody wants that, right? They come in and they say, okay, I don't want to change anything that I'm doing, but I want you to fix me. Yeah. Right. So, so <laughs> we have it by tomorrow. Yeah. And, and I've got this race in a week. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's you have to have some degree of a of a um, back and forth there where it's it's what are you doing on your side, mm -hmm. trying to not pour more fuel on the fire kind of thing, and then what are we doing to help 
promote recovery. And so it's yeah. a teamwork thing. And I think we can give them ideas on different cross-training things that, you know, yeah. if they are not wanting to lose their current fitness level, what other things can they do yeah. to maintain without just absolutely continuing to beat their body up? Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is that the people that get into running, part of the reason they get into running is because they it's simple. They don't need to go to a gym. They don't need a whole lot of equipment, and they don't want to maybe buy all this equipment for their home or whatever, and so you just don't need much. So when we tell people, well, you need to strength train too, or you need to cross train too, they're like, well, does that mean I have to go to the gym and do all this stuff or sign up for some trainer or something like that? So there's lots of simple things that you can do at home uh, where you can just do body weight or just use um, you know, minimal equipment at your house to, to really achieve a lot, especially if you're new to it. I mean, that's... Um, that's really, uh, there's really a lot of options there. So where it can be simple and it doesn't have to take up a whole, whole lot of time either. So. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. If you'd like to reach out to us on social media, we are at Pearson Physical Therapy on Facebook and Instagram and at Pivot Point Equine on Facebook. We hope to have you join us again for further episodes. And uh, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you told a friend. Thanks again, and have a great day.